0: section thirty-three of the poems of jonathan swift volume one by jonathan swift this librivox recording is in the public domain phyllis or the progress of love seventeen sixteen desponding phyllis was endued with every talent of a prude she trembled when a man drew near salute her and she turned her ear if o'er against her you were placed she durst not look above your waist She'd rather take you to her bed than let you see her dress her head. In church you hear her, through the crowd, repeat the absolution loud. In church secure behind her fan, she durst behold that monster, man. There practiced how to place her head, and bite her lips to make them red. Or on the mat, devoutly kneeling, would lift her eyes up to the ceiling, And heave her bosom unaware, for a neighboring bow to see it bare. At length a lucky lover came, and found admittance to the dame. Suppose all parties now agreed, the writings drawn, the lawyer feed, the vicar and the ring bespoke, guess how could such a match be broke? See then what mortals place their bliss in, next morn betimes the bride was missin'. The mother screamed, the father chid, where can this idle wench be hid? No news of Phil, the bridegroom came, and thought his bride had skulked for shame, because her father used to say the girl had such a bashful way. Now John the butler must be sent to learn the road that Phyllis went. The groom was wished to saddle Crop, for John must neither light nor stop, but find her wheresoe'er she fled, and bring her back alive or dead see here again the devil to do for truly john was missing too the horse and pillion both were gone phyllis it seems was fled with john old madam who went up to find what papers phil had left behind a letter on the toilet sees to my much honoured father these tis always done romances tell us when daughters run away with fellows filled with the choicest commonplaces by others used in the like cases that long ago a fortune-teller exactly said what now befell her and in a glass had made her see a serving-man of low degree it was her fate must be forgiven for marriages were made in heaven his pardon begged but to be plain She'd do it if t'were to do again. Thanked would God, t'was neither shame nor sin, For John was come of honest kin. Love never thinks of rich and poor. She'd beg with John from door to door. Forgive her if it be a crime. She'll never do it another time. She ne'er before in all her life Once disobeyed him, maid nor wife. One argument she summed up all in, The thing was done and past recalling. And therefore hoped she should recover his favor when his passions over. She valued not what others thought her, and was his most obedient daughter. Fair maidens all attend the muse, who now the wandering pair pursues. Away they rode in homely sort; their journey long, their money short. The loving couple well bemired the horse, and both the riders tired. Their victuals bad, their lodgings worse phil cried and john began to curse phil wished that she had strained a limb when first she ventured out with him john wished that he had broke a leg when first for her he quitted peg but what adventures more befell him the muse hath now no time to tell him how johnny wheedled threatened fond till phyllis all her trinkets pawned how oft she broke her marriage vows in kindness to maintain her spouse till swains unwholesome spoiled the trade, for now the surgeon must be paid, to whom those perquisites are gone, in Christian justice due to John. When food and raiment now grew scarce, fate put a period to the farce, and with exact poetic justice, for John was landlord Phyllis Hostess. They keep at stains the old blue boar, our cat and dog, and rogue and whore. End of section 33.